Welcome to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders, hosted by Cheryl Toth and Mike Sakopoulos, and produced by the American Association for Physician Leadership. Mike, we're covering a fairly new concept in today's episode. I talked with Dr. Richard Afable about a post-retirement option that's an alternative to part-time clinical work or consulting that you see physicians do. Or golf. Well, right. There's that, too, that we see physicians do after they retire from practice. Look, Dothy, certainly any physician who's worked for decades treating patients and filling leadership roles has earned the right to ride off into the sunset in a golf cart. Yes. But you talked with Dr. Fable about how physicians can make their retirement a bit more significant than that. Yeah, this idea is the third career. There's, you know, there's the physician's first career phase, which is patient care. And then often there's a second career phase. Leadership roles are often, you know, maybe they switch to a leadership role or they are in a leadership role with and continue to practice. And then there's this third career that Dr. Afable describes, and it's advocacy focus, where the physician follows a passion of his or hers and then becomes an advocate for the patient or for the community. Something like oh, that. Very, very nice. And Dr. Favle is really living that third career now after retiring as president and CEO of St. Joseph Hogue Health in Orange County, California. Yes. And as the president and board chair of Be Well OC, which is where he is now, he's focused on improving mental health for all residents of Orange County. Our listeners are going to benefit from what Dr. Fable has to share. So let's do word of the show, Tothi, so we can get straight into your interview. Okay. Well, today's word is splosh. Soft, slushy mud or snow. I'm continuing my theme, Mike of winter words. And I love the sound of this one, splosh. Yeah, it, it is a fun <laughs> word to say, I have to say. And unfortunately, we still have some splosh here in uh, in, in Indiana. Um, and I'll overlook this reminder that winter is is not, not yet concluded. And I'll overlook the fact that it is slightly mean-spirited coming from someone in, uh, in Arizona. And let's just <laughs> march right ahead, uh, Tothi, with your interview of Dr. Afable. We're talking today with Dr. Richard Afable, president and board chair of Be Well OC, a public-private partnership working to improve the mental health for all residents of Orange County, California. He's the recently retired president and CEO of St. Joseph's Hogue Health, an IDN based in Orange County, and has more than 20 years of medical practice experience as a solo group and academic practitioner. Dr. Afable, thank you for being our guest today on Sound Practice. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Dr. Afable is a board-certified internist with an added qualification in geriatric medicine. And in addition to his role at BWLOC, he provides consulting services to many of the top health systems in the U.S., uh, focusing on strategy and innovation with CEOs and boards of trustees. And I should also mention that, Dr. Afable, you are currently an adjunct professor and lecturer at the University of California Irvine Mirage School of Business in Irvine. And I'm just curious, what kind of courses do you teach? 
Um, I uh, teach uh, strategic management of healthcare, uh, no surprise, uh, at the business school. So um, having had a, um, uh, a long and uh, uh, successful career as a physician executive, uh, I'm now doing that with um, uh, MBA students at the Mirage, uh, University of California, Irvine Mirage Business School. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, well, for our conversation today, we're we're going sort of outside the typical leadership track that we, the, the topics that we cover here on the podcast. Um, and we're going to talk about the possibilities of physician leaders to have a third career. And so Dr. Fable, this is something you've been giving some thought to and out there talking about. Give us an overview of this. I mean, what led you to focus on this idea of a third career for physicians? Well, thank you, Cheryl, for the opportunity to discuss this idea with uh, my colleagues um, uh, with the American Association for Physician Leadership. Um, the, the idea came to me as I observed myself, so I'm an observer of myself, as I observed myself transitioning from my second career as physician executive to uh, the third element of my of my future, my my career, uh, which which um, I thought was going to be some form of of retirement, mm -hmm. um, and I wouldn't wasn't sure what retirement actually was, other than you stop getting paid and you stop being responsible for things. Um, and I knew I was going to remain busy. I knew I was going to do some things and had to have meaning in my life. Um, and so I began to um, fall into, almost accidentally in many ways, uh, activities that of, are of great, great substance and require a good deal of my time and a good deal of my talent uh, and experiences. Um, and it began to, um, it just came to me that, you know, I'm, I'm in my third career. My first career was clinician. I spent um, uh, almost 20 years practicing internal medicine and geriatrics and then teaching internal medicine and geriatrics um, at Wake Forest University, as well as Northwestern University. And then by accident, and this is the case for many physician executives who are a little long in the tooth like I am, um, I fell into uh, executive work when somebody asked me to do some administrative uh, activities while I was at Wake Forest University. Mm -hmm. And then I subsequently had a uh, over 20 year career as a physician executive, chief executive of a hospital, chief medical officer of a large system on the East Coast, and then chief executive of a medium size, at that time large, um, uh, integrated delivery system. Uh, here in Orange County, California, made up of seven hospitals, um, uh, over 10,000 physicians, um, uh, almost 20,000 employees, um, over $3 billion of revenue. And here I find myself as the chief executive officer of this large health system. And then um, it's time for me to move on because transition um, uh, needed to happen within the organization. That's a reality. Mm -hmm. um, and after transition, um, I'm moving on to what, what would be historically called retirement. I find myself today, and I'm sure we're going to get into it a little bit, Cheryl, I find myself today as busy as ever um, doing work that I, that I think has great meaning for not only me, but for the community that I'm in and the community that I'm serving. I like to call it, I've moved from a very successful clinical career and a very successful executive career to now what is a third career 
and thus coining the phrase third career for mm -hmm. physician leaders. Um, a third career that is more about significance than it is about traditional success, which is oftentimes uh, measured in monetary terms mm -hmm. um, or in um, uh, titles. Um, this is measured more in significant and outcomes that are more beneficial to others than they would be to myself or those who I'm specifically working with. So that's the, that's the framing. I hope that makes some sense. Yeah, well, this idea about significance, um, tell us about where your projects are taking you and what you're doing now that's bringing this significance. I know you're doing some work in mental health. Um, is that part of it? Tell us about that. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely part of it. And it's for me, it is the significant work that I am now engaged in. Uh, by the way, uh, oftentimes when, this is just a bit of an aside, but it's important for our listeners, uh, oftentimes when you're in your third career doing this significant work, uh, you may not get paid. And so that's an important part of the third career um, is that you may not receive remuneration for the work that you're doing like you did your first or your second careers. And we can get into that deep, more deeply if you would like to. But the good news is that when you're in this stage of a career, when you're in this third career phase, most times, and hopefully you planned well, most times um, uh, your monetary reward is not the reward you're looking for. Um, and that's that success to significance piece. Yeah. So back to your question, um, the area that I um, saw a great need in my community, um, by the way, this is common in every community, was in taking a, a, a not very well done, disorganized, disintegrated um, system of mental health services, both for mental illness as well as substance use disorders, mm -hmm. um, and envisioning it as something very different, envisioning it as an ecosystem, as an organized system that, that provides for the needs, the caregiving needs, and the care receiving needs of every person in our community. We have three million people here in Orange County. Every person who needs mental health services uh, deserves to get what they need when they need it and from whom it could be best provided. Um, like most communities in the United States, ours is anything but that today. So we started Be Well Orange County. It's a public-private partnership that is envisioning a better way to provide mental health services uh, in our community. Emergency rooms are not the place for people to receive acute crisis mental health services, both for substance addiction as well as mental illness. The other place that absolutely should not be uh, used for treatment of people with mental illness is jail. Mm. And oh, by the way, the primary place in every city in this country where people with mental illness are treated when they have a crisis is emergency rooms or jail. Yeah. Uh, we're changing that, we're changing that. And so I am involved in and in a primary mover of the leadership of that transition and that transformation from the current system, which does very well, to a very new transformed system that will have outcomes of great significance, back to that word, mm -hmm. to this entire community. And I find myself now in a career moving that vision and moving that ball down the, down the road, down the line, um, and um, it's, it's my work now. It's what I do. It's my third career. The one thing I find is that I wasn't prepared for this. 
Um, I didn't know what I would need to do. I didn't know how I could prepare for it. And by the way, I wasn't intentional as I was winding up my second career to move into my third career. I think it's really important in hindsight. I wish I had trained or learned what I needed to learn to get ready to do this. And I wish I would have been very intentional about my third career. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to speak to you and to the AAPL members is um, um, let's be thoughtful and intentional about preparing for our third career because uh, physician leaders, especially physician executives who have been very successful in their first and second careers, are not gonna do well just fading out into a retirement in which they are doing self-centered and self-directed activities. Um, I just know my colleagues, that's not gonna work for them. Yeah, and so um, and let, that, can, that can lead to problems. And so I think being very intentional is a good way to go. Good, and let's park that for a second because we are gonna come back to that. I am curious though, you've talked about what you're doing in this third career, that it is not compensated. How did you get to this Be Well OC? I mean, what led you to this passion? Clearly you're very passionate about this topic and you're, um, you know, you are, there's a fire in your belly about making this change and having great outcomes around it. So how did you get here? How does a internist with the geriatrics focus end up in this mental health um, area? Yeah, so it was more my second career that led me to the third career. Um, and my second career as the chief executive officer of a major hospital system in our community allowed me to see the need. So all, um, so what led me there was, was seeing the problem. Mm -hmm. That's what led me there. And, and I knew there was a problem there. You know, we had fixed the need for cancer care, not that we fixed cancer, we just fixed the system so they work. We fixed stroke, we fixed heart disease, we fixed joint replacement. No one was paying attention to mental illness. No one was paying attention to substance use disorders. Um, we were reacting to the need rather than leading our community down a better way to treat these problems. And so when I came out of my second career, I said, it was very clear to me, somebody needs to pay attention to this, so I did. And I just spoke up. That's all I did was I showed up and I spoke up and I said, we could do this better. And I gathered some people around me who um, had similar passion and also believed what I believed. Today, uh, we have over 200 organizations, public and private, that are part of Be Well Orange County. And we are um, into our third year now, moving down the path of creating a, an incredible ecosystem of care and doing some things like, um, like capital investments in new facilities, being uh, a system of digital health uh, that allows for taking to scale the ability to get to every person who needs it, including the homeless, for example, mm -hmm. uh, including people who uh, don't normally have access to care. Uh, we're building a way for that to occur. Like I said, everybody deserves to get the care that they need. Um, and um, we're building a way to do that. So what happened is I saw it, Cheryl, that's how it happened. I saw the need and I stepped into it. Well, so that's, I find this really interesting because um, in, in um, thinking about how to be intentional, which we'll get to in just a second, you, you are, you're really saying that this kind of bubbled up for you in that second career and you saw it as a need and it was something that you were passionate about. Any, any particular reason that it sort of spoke to you as a passion? Um, I think uh, physicians are innately drawn to uh, unmet needs 
and open opportunities to make something better. We are, we are naturally drawn to that. Mm -hmm. And, and so in that, in that um, innate sense of where is the need, whether it be for an individual patient or whether it be for a group of patients or for a community, we're to that. And so my training as an internist and as a clinician uh, drew me to a, uh, a natural attraction to fix a problem. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. I saw the problem and I saw it in a way that maybe others couldn't see it. And I also, I also could see solutions because in my work as a physician executive, and this is work that the AAPL does on an educational basis, on a pretty regular basis, um, is it, it teaches to learn how to be a solution, to create solutions for, um, for problems that occur, and to do it in a very organized way that really leads to a resolution of those, um, of those problems. So, so it was easy for me. I fell right into it. And so if we think about the, being intentional, as you pointed out earlier, what does that mean um, for physicians who are considering, who are maybe at the midpoint of their career, sort of looking already saying, hey, that third career is coming, and uh, how can they be more intentional? Sure. I, I think we have a good, we have a good um, a prototype for that, which is uh, the AAPL, which is helping physicians who want from a mostly clinical role to a um, not not necessarily um, um, specifically a physician executive or leadership role, but, but the reason are attracted to and participate in the AAPL is because they want to move and be intentional about moving from purely clinical work to a legal, okay? And leadership mm -hmm. meaning means affecting others and affecting the environment that we work and live in. Um, and so that's what they do. So, so our members, already know what intentionality means. That's why we take, that's why we learn quality. If we go get a master's of quality from Jefferson, AAL, AAPL, et cetera, et cetera. So that's intentionality. What, what I'm suggesting is that at the, at the, as we tend towards the end of our physician leadership career, that may still include clinician work, by the way, and probably commonly does, mm -hmm that we should begin to plan for that transition. And, and there are things that we can learn. For example, what, how do we define significance? Let's have a definition of that for us personally. What will cause us to have meaning in our life as we move from that set to our third career? That transition is gonna happen whether we plan for it or not. So let's just plan for it and let's make sure that we have, have understood how we can transition. For example, you need to have finances in order. Yeah. You need to work till you, until the end of your life. If you need to work till the end of your life because you haven't planned your finances well, you can't go into your third career. You're going to have to stay in your second career, mm -hmm. which is working for a living and doing something to support yourself. Nothing wrong with that. It's fine. Um, uh, so, so that's an example of what I mean to be intentional. And so defining significance, having your economic life in order, um, and then understanding how you can go about this significant work. So examples, you could be in governance, you could move to roles of governance within higher education, within medical uh, training, um, within um, uh, community organizations. Um, you could also get into mentorships. You could organize yourself around men. Um, and, and when I may be intentional, don't just say, don't just 
put the word out there that if anybody needs a mentor, I'm willing to mentor you. That's not being intentional. That's called luck or hope. Um, and by the way, luck and hope are not strategies. Have a strategy as to how you're going to transition into your third career. Um, I fell to it, but I could have been much more strategic about it. Yes, I was fairly strategic about it, but I, but I didn't really package it or make it into a, an intentional actions. And I could have been more organized in my thought process. Well, so that's what I mean uh, by the intentionality of it. Yeah, and let's. Um, so one of the things I really picked out of that um, of your your comments is. An action step that any physician could do right now is to really start thinking about what is what does significance mean to them, right? Right? What now are they going to think? And then, second action step, I guess, making sure things are you have things in order or can get things in order to bring about that significance later in their career. You were talking about having a strategy for thinking about this third career, and that you really didn't have the opportunity to do that. So. Give us some lessons learned here, and how would you suggest physicians thinking about this or who are intrigued by this third career go about putting together a strategy? Yeah, um, as I had mentioned, um, I fell into my second career uh, almost by accident uh, some 25 years ago um, and moved from 100% clinical to to half-time clinical and half-time administrative and then moved to a very successful administrative career as a physician executive. Um, uh, that was um, fortunate and, and as I had met, is not a strategy. Uh, I should have gone through a process, um, a process that the AAPL provides physicians who are interested in that sector and are moving. And as you know, many hundreds, if not thousands of physicians are moving in that direction today and doing so very, very successfully. Um, and so the AAPL, um, previously the ACPE, um, gave us a way by which we could do that and take that active, take that action. There is no way today to move from that second career to the third career. And so it's all up to the individual then. It's up to the individual physician, leader, and executive to be intentional. And what I would say is rather than just hope that something good happens to me as I retire from my second career, what I would say is be very intentional, strategic, about uh, moving to a, um, uh, a set of actions um, that will we'll call a third career um, that uh, will take you to that significant work. Um, so what that means is you have to sit down and define significance for yourself. What has meaning for you? Uh, just like you did for your first career, you wanted to be a doctor. For your second career, you wanted to be a leader. Your third career, you want to um, advocate and provide for predominantly those things that will be meaningful to you, which most times for us, as just be clear, will be in helping others and doing some things that you couldn't do in your first or your second career. For me, transforming how mental health care is provided in a community. Um, and uh, so being very intentional, sitting down, and then you have to ask the question, what do you need in order to make that transition? So it might need to be education on governance. It might need to be education on influencing others. It might be learning emotional intelligence, for example, that EQ stuff that maybe you didn't really do very well in your first career and maybe you kind of picked it up in your second, but maybe you need to know more because what's interesting, Cheryl, is that I am in my third career, I am not in charge 
anything. I am not the responsible party or in charge of anything, but yet my third career, the work that I'm doing, is influencing an entire community of 3 million people. And so how do you influence without power? How do you influence without title? Uh, those are things that need to be learned. You so don't let me, just let me, pick that up naturally. Yeah. Well, let me stop you right there because um, we know that there's not a lot written out there. You've mentioned AAPL um, and some, some coursework perhaps out there, but what are some resources, books, or things that maybe aren't, aren't specifically about the third career, but learning about EQ and uh, understanding how to lead without a title. Any thoughts about yeah. resources for doctors uh, who are listening, what they could well, teach um, themselves? I, I, I can't be specific at this point, but there is a curriculum that is necessary to be successful in this third career, just like there was for the second career. And there's no doubt there was one for the first career, also known as medical yeah. school and residency, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, it needs to be a curriculum for, for getting people to, getting physicians to uh, a level of success in this third career. Um, uh, I have ideas on what that curriculum should be and can be, and I think... Uh, uh, the AAPL is giving that some thought as well right now. So rather than being specific, let's just say there is a curriculum and it depends upon how you define significance, what direction you think you're going to be going. And I gave some few examples, mentorship, governance, uh, organizational development, community benefit um, uh, creation. Those would be examples of significant uh, direction. And, um, and then uh, understanding what the curriculum would be to get you to a level of, of, of great influence and competency in that third career going forward. And maybe the curriculum is gonna be different for every physician going into this third career. However, I think there's a core, and you used an example, so did I, of, of uh, influence and the emotional uh, intelligence piece that is a really important part of it. So I think that curriculum will be consistent. Um, the nuances around your individual decisions and your individual direction will decide what additional curriculum elements would be included there. Have you read any books that you think have helped you outside, let's call it outside of healthcare, outside of academic curriculum, any books you'd suggest that have been beneficial for you as you've moved into your third career? Well, it's, it's interesting that you ask that because um, I just finished reading a book about Thomas Jefferson. Mm. And, and my reading on this book of Thomas Jefferson is why we hold the third president of the United States up in great high regard as if he was um, greater than most, if not greater than all, um, in leading our country. Um, he was much maligned. And oh, by the way, um, um, uh, Aaron Burr was just as likely to be the third president of the United States as he was. Um, and what made him great was not his title and not his background, but rather in hindsight, what he did as a leader for our country. And so I think reading about other great leaders mm -hmm. uh, and understanding how they got to where they are and the path that took them there um, how they how they developed their plan to lead. Jefferson wasn't looking for the title of president. Jefferson was looking to make the great country that this world has ever known. That was his vision. 
And that's what he did. Um, as opposed to George Washington, who didn't want to do any of this. They forced him into doing it. <laughs> so ah. Jefferson had the vision and then understood how to make that happen. Uh, so that's the kind of reading that I think is important for people as they, uh, for physician executives and leaders as they move into their, um, their third career is, um, that, that's a form of mentorship is reading about others who have done this um, and done it um, because of their intentional directionality and vision of making something better. Um, and so that would be an example of what I would build into a curriculum um, as we talk about planning for the third career. Yeah, I think that's a terrific idea because when you look outside of your immediate, um, what where you're headed for that significance, in this case, politics and a, a president's life and leadership, I think you glean all kinds of ideas that you just may not have even thought of. So that's great, great advice. Mm -hmm. um, other advice for those young physicians uh, who are listening, who have their first, their, maybe in the first five years of their first career, what can they be doing now? Anything to be thinking about that third career? Or do you think it's just too far off for them to put any thought toward this or put things in place yeah. for themselves? Well, um, uh, thank you for that question. I, uh, I've been thinking about the young physicians, especially those who are transitioning from a clinical career to a um, executive career. Uh, we'll call it uh, more of a leadership uh, standard uh, related career. Um, is um, and a, a a mostly, if not purely, clinical um, uh, uh, physician move? Do they need to uh, move to a third career or is a third career available to them? And the answer, of course, is yes. The answer, of course, is yes. But I think it's it'll be much more difficult to move from a purely clinical career to the, the what I third career that is more about advocacy and significance um, and less about success because it's in the role as physician executive, that so second career that most of our AAPL members are either in or striving for, mm -hmm. uh, that you begin to learn um, more of a organizational-based level of, of measures of success and understanding what success means in a broader sense for a larger group of people. Um, and, and that understanding and that experience, that experience allows for the third career, which is moving us to significance and influencing large people um, uh, in a significant way that allows one to do that. So I think physicians, if you're gonna stay in a pure clinical role, um, I would say understand your measures of success well. Uh, those measures of su success are predominantly going to be around you and an individual patient. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's, that's what we do and that's how we do it. That is our primary way of, of uh, our medical degrees. Um, uh, so for those young physicians and who have chosen to move into physician leadership slash executive work, uh, there will be a time in which probably 20 or 30 years down the line, they're going to be in a position and a place where they can begin to think about that third career. And so remind themselves when they're young, 
younger that they are going to be making that transition and to begin to understand that's what that transition is going to be. Knowing it 20, 20 years ahead of time will help you greatly to know when the timing is right. And so a lot of this is timing, by the way. I'm not suggesting that everybody should retire into their third career. Maybe some people should just stay in their second career for as long as they possibly can. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's very, um, very admirable to be sure. Well, and I think there's a nice pearl in what you just said uh, for those physicians who do want to stay in the clinical side of things. That's okay. Um, but maybe there's, they don't have to take on a physician executive role, but perhaps they serve on a committee or they do something in the local community that's um, a service work uh, that on a board or something that gives you the perspective that's a non-clinical one, which can then also lead you to that third career and provide some... Yeah context and it, skill. It, yeah, it definitely can. And, 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 and those are individuals who are mostly clinical and are more than part-time or more than supplementary time in physician executive work. Um, and so there are gradations of that, that second career, are there not? Yeah. So, and that's the great thing about being a physician is that it gives us that kind of freedom that it's not all or none. Um, and we do that very well because I know most of my colleagues are some pretty smart uh, women and men, and uh, they're very capable of doing these sorts of things. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation, Dr. Afable. Why don't, uh, last couple of minutes here, what are your final thoughts for physicians out there who've been really, your, their interest has been piqued by this conversation? What's your advice? Well, uh, thank you again for the opportunity to speak to uh, my colleagues um, uh, in the in the field of physician leadership. To be sure, um, the opportunities that exist now for physician um, leadership and physician influence are greater than ever. Um, you know, the timing the timing of this of this interview in the middle of a pandemic uh, just uh, brings out the great opportunity that we have as a profession. Uh, to um, to lead and to have significant impact on the health and well-being of our entire communities, which is really what we do innately as doctors. Mm -hmm. And so um, embrace this time, embrace the change, understand that this is the best of times for physician leaders, not the worst of times, um, and, and also a time of great responsibility. Um, and that includes those who are ending ending their second career, those who are approaching a time when, when maybe they were, they were expected to retire and fade away, this would not be the time. This would be the time to embrace it fully, uh, to embrace that third career that can really maintain their significance in the lives uh, and well-being of people and their entire communities. Well said, Dr. Richard Afable from internist to physician executive in large health systems and IDNs to uh, now working to solve the mental health crisis in the uh, in Orange County and uh, do that for providing a, a framework for the rest of the country. Um, I love your passion around this topic and we're so glad that you joined us today and took some time to talk with us. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Such a good message in this interview, Tothi, that physicians continue serving patients in their community, even after leaving uh, clinical care or leadership roles, right? I Yeah, I think that Dr. Afabli is really onto something. And I hope that as the success to significance concept that he talked about takes hold, there are more resources and more planning tools for physicians to create that third career path for themselves. 
Yeah, I hope that as well. Tothi, that's it for this episode. If our audience liked the conversation today, they should consider rating us on uh, podcast apps. It only takes a minute. Yeah, and you can also help us get the word out about sound practice by telling your colleagues about the show. Word of mouth, advertising or marketing is uh, one of the best ways to do it. Absolutely. And look, for those of you out there that would like to give us feedback directly, please email us at feedback at soundpracticepodcast.com. And don't miss the next episode of Sound Practice. Don't forget, we release one every other Wednesday. You've been listening to Sound Practice, the business podcast for physicians and healthcare leaders. Check out the show notes for this episode at soundpracticepodcast.com. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Email us at info at soundpracticepodcast.com. Subscribe to Sound Practice wherever you listen to podcasts so you can automatically receive our episodes. And please rate us and comment on the podcast in iTunes and Google Play. Sound Practice is presented and produced by the team at American Association for Physician Leadership. We are the world's premier organization for all aspects of physician leadership in every sector of healthcare. Learn more at physicianleaders.org. Had his holy cow, but man Robin went for Kapow.